Hello, and welcome back to Under Our Roof. Against my will, we are doing a phone recording, but that doesn't mean that the quality and the care put into this week's podcast episode is anything less than the episodes that I get to painstakingly mull over and EQ with my little audio gear. What does EQ mean? I don't know what it means, <laughs> but what it me- like, I don't know what literally the E and the Q stand for, Okay, but it, it's basically when you just uh, do dynamic changes and you edit the frequencies in mm-hmm. an audio recording. Cool. Which is very top of the mind as I'm in the middle of album pre-pro and prep and stuff. Yeah, that's so exciting. I think so. I hope so. It's going to be good. I... Did convince Grace that we should just do a quick phone recording and not a full microphone editing situation because it is Sunday night. This podcast comes out Monday at midnight Eastern or no Pacific. It's as close to real time with the Baldridges as it can get. Yeah. And I just didn't feel like we had time. To, I didn't selfishly. I didn't really want Grace to be editing for the rest of the night. That's because what it is. Then I'm kind of on baby duty by myself if you're editing. And I mean, I love hanging out with her, but yes, I can use some help. Yes. And but even. Even before Francis was here, for some reason, you don't like me editing the podcast late on a Sunday night. Or I know. honestly, late. you don't like me working at night. Yeah. And that is something that is tricky between us because I, I am a night owl. We need to maybe, I, but especially editing the podcast late on a Sunday night gives me Sunday scaries, which I don't really have right now because I'm not working, but... I don't like it for some reason. Are you going to be all right when I'm working late nights while I'm recording the album? Yeah, I'll be fine. While I'm out. I mean, I don't think it's going to be super late nights, mm-hmm. but just in the evenings. Yeah. Could one thing could lead to another and then we could have an idea and then bing, bang, boom. I'm not home until like 10. No, I think it's fine. Okay. Because then I know what to expect. It's like when I think the night's winding down and if you're on your computer like late at night, I don't know. It just the energy in the house isn't like as serene as I would want it to be. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to work, I'd like rather you not be here. I know. I think this is a good reason why we didn't actually date in college mm-hmm. because I think we would not have been compatible in a college environment. Also, if you can hear some smacking, <laughs> I think we should contextualize that. Francis is with us. You might even be able to hear her deep breathing as she enjoys her supper. Yeah, I'm feeding Francis as we speak. I have gotten really good at just like feeding her anywhere, doing anything. You're, you're feeding on the go like a menace. Like, I know. We go to a restaurant. You're like, oh, I'll feed her while we're here. NBD. But you're slick with it. You're great with it. Like it's just that the many people just uh, the physics of it to me. And obviously this is coming from a post-top surgery person. So I'm like, how does it even, I just feel like my brain is just sort of like, how would you even, how are we slipping things out here? How are we being, cause you'll be, you'll be so discreet where it'll just look like you're holding her, but she's enjoying a full five course dinner. Yeah. I, you just get, you kind of just get used to it and you get better and better at it. And, and it is really nice to just be able to like feed her on the go. You know what else it is? Hmm. You can't look suspicious. You can't look around. You just have to be commanding. And confident. Right. And also, like, you kind of have to just realize that I do think, thankfully, there is a level of respect in most situations for a breastfeeding mother where people are not going to make you feel weird. I feel like it you, It was, like, more of a thing. There was more of, like, a controversy, like, 10-plus years ago where people would be like, should it be okay to breastfeed in public? And yeah. now 
people have kind of come around, I think, at least in the circles that I'm in and in the circumstances I find myself in. I feel like people are like, of course, like you should be able to feed your baby. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, most people don't want to be on full display. Like you mm-hmm. you would like to be also discreet about it. But I just don't feel that awkward. The conversation that I agree was had about 10 years ago feels mm-hmm. so old now. It I feels know. like such a stick in the mud type of a opinion to have. Yeah. Like, no, don't, don't, I don't want to see you nourishing your child, like your, your newborn baby. Well, and once you have a baby, you kind of realize like, it's actually such a pain if you were to have to go Mm -hmm. find a private spot or like sit in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like that is not enjoyable for anybody. Although the other day, I was at a brewery for a friend's birthday party. It was like a daytime thing. I didn't mm-hmm. actually have any beer. I'm not really a beer person. And I didn't, I was driving with my child. So I did not want to drink alcohol. But I did end up actually nursing her in the bathroom because it was actually a really nice bathroom. And there was like an old school, like sitting area lounge in the front of the bathroom. And then there was like, you walked farther back and there was, the stalls. So it was like in a totally different area and there was like chairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like at a brewery, I it's like a lot of like uncomfy, like picnic bench type tables. And I was like, eh, I kind of want to like go sit in the comfy bathroom, ladies room lounge and nurse her. So I did, but generally I would just do it wherever. Generally we're figuring this out on the go. And speaking of figuring things out on the go, <laughs> I was hoping you'd pick that up. Yeah. We want to do an episode about whether we are going to be strict parents. And lady, real quick, what is the name of the podcast that this episode's going to be on? Will we be strict parents? Oh, Under Our Roof. Yeah, welcome to Under Our Roof. My okay. name is Grace or similar depending on how you know me. We're so familiar with y'all at this point, I forget to say hello. Hi, how are you? Grace here. I'm Lizzie. And we have a baby named Francis, and we're wondering what kind of parents you think we're going to be. And this also can be a record that Francis can play for us as she gets older, um, as just sort of us incriminating ourselves. I know. I'm, we had the idea, we were driving to the beach this morning, and we had this idea of like, we were talking about, what were we talking about? I think we were talking about what should we talk about on the podcast. No, we were talking about something else that gave me this idea. But anyway, we've recently a lot of things have come up like what if Frances wants a tattoo? What if she wants to get her ears pierced? What if, what if, what if, what if? What if she's gay? What if, <laughs> um, you know, oh, we were talking about, oh, I know. We were talking, we saw a limo. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. We saw a lim- a limousine. <laughs> it just wants to drive a limo. <laughs> and I was saying how it was like a big thing at my elementary school, which I went to a public elementary school that was like right across the street from a public housing project. It was not like a wealthy school by any means, but for some reason it was like a trend that people would have a limo pick them up in the carpool line, like for their birthday party, if they were having like a birthday party after school on a Friday. And then like everybody that was invited to the party would get in the limo. I never had this experience. I was not the birthday. Well, I had a summer birthday, so I was never the one getting picked up. And also, I was never invited to a party like this, but I would see them. And so we were talking about, like, what would we think if Francis, like, wanted to do that? And we just went down a train of, like, 
what would we do to various requests that I'm sure mm-hmm. she probably will not care about a limo, but because it like won't be cool anymore. But other things like she's going to want to do things. And I thought it'd be fun to talk about our current thoughts as very, very brand new parents. Our daughter is two months old. Mm-hmm. Um, what we want to do. Yes. Or what we think we, yeah, what we generally think we speaking, do. I don't want to be a strict parent. This will be really interesting to listen back as she gets older, if I become a totally different person. But one guiding philosophy when we were, when we've been talking about who we want to be as parents, I don't want to be her warden. Like, I don't want Mm -hmm. to be the, like, this disciplinarian that she's scared of. And I don't want to be a person that's just always enforcing rules that I make up for arbitrary reasons because I want to have control. I think it'd be weird if I did become that type of parent because that's not really the household I grew up in. So I think that as long as something isn't like dirty, destructive, or what's the, it's the three D's that my aunt used to say. It's like dirty, destructive, or dangerous. I think I'm probably going to be fine with it, but let's see. Mm-hmm. Dirty is a no, no. Like you mean physically dirty? Yeah. Dirty. Like no. Like messy. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, oh, I want to. Can I go dive into this mud pit? Oh, I'd yeah. be like, what? I mean, the context is important. Do we have something else going on that day? Do we know that it's truly just mud and it's not sewage? Like, yeah, dirty as in not um, uh, obscene. Yeah. Not that I don't mean that. Right, I mean, right. like physically there's Like dirt. making a mess. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Can I uh, get like orange juice all over the floor and then just walk away and not help clean it up like no we're gonna contribute Mm -hmm. together to cleaning it up yeah i okay i have a question for you do you think it's true that kids with the strictest parents end up the wildest i think a little bit yeah i kind of think so too and i saw i saw a tiktok haha that's like one of our become one of our catchphrases just as much as meat and potatoes at this point but Here's the thing. A lot. Of, I'm either reading on my Kindle or I'm watching TikToks while I'm nursing Francis. And I'm nursing Francis for like seven hours a day. Yeah, give her a break. So anyway. Um, Unnamed listener at home. <laughs> so I saw a TikTok that said something like, how are all of us non-strict parents? Like, it was basically somebody that seemed very zen. She had like a really like pretty apartment with lots of plants and mm-hmm. just seemed like kind of like a like really laid back flower child type energy. And she's like, so are all of us kids with like non-strict parents just like doing really well with our 9 p.m. bedtimes and like we never party now kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the comments was like, yes, like my parents weren't strict at all. And like, I'm such a grandma. Like I love like being at home and, you know, not doing anything quote unquote bad. And then people also were saying like my parents were strict and like I went to rehab and not there's anything wrong with going to rehab, Mm -hmm. but most people would probably want to avoid it if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, avoid needing to go to rehab in the first place, mm-hmm. if possible. Um, so I thought that was interesting because I definitely agree from the limited sample size of the people I grew up with. People with really strict parents were like always pushing the boundaries way more. Yeah, And I feel like I fell somewhere in the middle because I do feel like my parents were pretty strict and I would tell them that now I think I have told them that Mm -hmm. um they were like really limited what media we were allowed to see and they were really intense about like underage drinking and we just 
every single thing, like none of us got in major trouble. I mean, my brother has been arrested and he got in more trouble than some of us, but none of us like got in huge, like life-changing trouble. However, we all did, we being my siblings and I did all of the things we weren't allowed to do from big to small. Like I remember my, I've said this on the podcast before because it really stuck with me as like the most unfair thing ever. But my dad did not allow me to wear flip-flops because he said that they it was disrespectful, the flip-flopping sound that they made when you walk <laughs> down the hall. So I was not allowed to wear flip-flops to school. I could wear them like to the pool in the summer, but I was not allowed to wear flip-flops to school. And um, rainbow, those leather, they're called rainbows. Mm-hmm. Rainbow sandal flip-flops were like the cool shoe. Mm-hmm. And I had them. I had saved up my babysitting money to get them, but I wasn't allowed to wear them. But all I did was put them in my backpack, get to school, put my ugly shoes in my locker and put on my rainbows and then switch back at the end of the day. Like I would find any way of getting around anything. We all, all my siblings and I drank significantly underage, not like a few times, I guess is, is it bad to incriminate myself and say that? No. I mean, I'm 32 now, like who cares? It's not like we drank once or twice. We all drank a lot underage and we all snuck out. We all like, I don't know. Now that I'm saying it, I'm like, I guess we were a little wild. I don't know. You were wild. Some of your stories are pretty cuckoo kachoo. Yeah. We would like go out of town. Like we, the, I think the thing that's so wild is cause I was also, I also had a streak as well. Mm -hmm. I think my reasons were very different um, because my parents were not especially strict, but the framework that I was in, the rubric for like how a person behaves was really like in disagreement and in disalignment with who I am. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where the friction came for me. But the difference is, is that I, for better or for worse, my parents kind of knew about everything. And I think that's what made them, um, I think I did exacerbate them moving from Belgium back to the U S because I think they were like, we know too much. We need yeah. to get back to the U S like our kid is flailing. But the reason why I was flailing wasn't because my parents were so strict at home. It was more that who I am as a queer person. And just, I mean, I hadn't even scratched the surface on gender. It was a lot about just queerness at that time and just feeling extremely different and not, seeing a way forward for me so I was just sort of like like kind of like fuck it we ball and let's just rage cage until the wheels fall off and Mm -hmm. so it wasn't I'm acting out because my parents were strict it was more like I'm acting out because like I don't know how to exist in the world yeah so I feel like what I really want is to foster something like a a happy medium I mean I feel like everyone thinks they want the happy medium but I think your parents thought they were doing the happy medium No, I think my parents thought, you know, we have certain rules. We, they, I think their mentality that they were told as parents is you have to have really strict boundaries with your kids. And if you don't, then they will be like something on Dateline or like an after school special about like Mm -hmm. the bad seed, you know, Mm -hmm. like for some reason, I feel like that was more the parenting mentality when we were coming up, like that you have to be strict, that like your kids will run wild if you don't have like really make sure that they don't. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's like every everyone that I know that had strict parents like found a way. 
Like, they found a way to do what they wanted regardless. They would lie through their teeth and sneak out and, you know, say they were somewhere else. Well, also, we grew up without, like, any form of tracking. Like, there was no, like, find my friend, share location, air tags, like, nothing. Yeah, but this is a good conversation for Francis when the time comes. Is that, I know that it's important to mind where she is. And I know that there are ways of, like, making sure that, you know, I, I don't know this, this is a complicated conversation because it truly is like something I want to talk about with you. And then we're also recording it. So, okay. Do I want to be aware of where Francis is? Yes. Are there technological ways that I can guarantee that pretty much? Yes. But do I want to, would I rather her just tell me and I trust her and I don't look? Yes. I know, but I think what I want is to foster like a really trusting relationship where if there's something she really wants to do, like Mm -hmm. go to a certain party or Mm -hmm. like hang out with certain people or take a trip or just different things, like we will, we want her to be able to do like fun stuff. We don't want to be like the fun police. And because like hopefully she's very trusting of us and we're trusting of her then I would like to be have each other shared locations. Yeah. I, I The do. way that, like, I have all my best friends shared locations. Well, not all. If you're listening and I don't have your location, don't be offended. Lizzie I have hates you. Several. But also, share your location no. with me. Because <laughs> I love seeing, like, you know, you'll see That's me go. True. I will, at night, sometimes go and check on where all my friends are. And I love it. And, like, when I go and see that they're all at their houses on, like, a Sunday night, I'm like, oh, all the chicks are in the nest. Like, I just love seeing where they all are. And I have grace on Find My Friends. And I don't have, like, a surveillance mentality about right. it. That I think that's what I want to be cautious of. Yes. Is I'd rather her tell us I'm going to be here. And then the policy that my mom had was, because she was really like, please do not bother me past 9 p.m. Yeah. And, again, I grew up in Belgium, so the drinking age was 16. And my parents just kind of made peace with it. I have a, an older brother as well, so it wasn't that big of a deal for me when it came time to like the kids are going to be going out and they're going out to bars. And that is actually, I think sometimes safer to go to like an establishment than some guy's basement that you don't know. Oh, totally. So I think in some ways they kind of, and you also, if you're the friend that's constantly being carried out of bars or getting you kicked out of bars, like you just won't be invited anymore. So there's a certain level of etiquette that you learn from having a younger drinking age of being able to go to establishments that in the U S the drinking age being 21 and everyone's drinking underage, you don't really have. And also LOL that we're talking so much about underage drinking with a newborn. But, um, I think that my mom's policy was just let me know if you change location from where you're going. Just yeah. send, So I have like a text record because we didn't, you know, she didn't have a way to track us. And so I think something like that and also letting Francis know because I am a night owl, like I'm going to be awake until you come home. Mm-hmm. Not in a way to stress you out. Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm going to be kind of probably on my phone or mm-hmm. like on the computer. Your mom will be asleep, but I'll be awake just in case you need to text me. You need a ride. Yeah. I'm awake. I'm a night owl. I'm there for you. We'll go to a diner. Like and that's who my dad was for my friends too. If like one of my friends was too wasted or something, we would always call my dad because he just, I think a little bit, he was oblivious. And then oh, he'd be like, wow, so-and-so was so talkative tonight. But also he was a night owl and he just wouldn't ask any questions and would just get us home safely. And I think that's something I can bring to the table. And I love that you are a night owl and that you'll be that for her. Because for me, I was like the household where like it's 11 p.m. curfew. There's absolutely no exceptions. We will not be staying up like you will be home 
or you won't come home. And so I just wouldn't. Or you won't come home. Well, basically what that means is like, you know, if you're spending the night out at a friend's house, then like, fine, I'm not going to enforce a curfew when you're not coming home. Mm -hmm. But like, basically because of that, I would always be like having a sleepover. Like one of my best friends, um, her parents had no curfew and oh my gosh, she's a perfect example of non-strict parents and being like the most chill, Mm -hmm. Sarah Rose. Yeah. Her parents did not care. We came home like three, four in the morning sometimes and not even from always doing anything that crazy. Like I remember one time we went to a concert and we like managed to go backstage after at a small venue in, in Raleigh, not like anything crazy, but we managed to like meet the artist after and we were like talking Mm -hmm. in like the green room of the, it was at the Lincoln theater actually in Raleigh. You were talking in the green room of the Lincoln theater? Yeah. Till like three, four in the morning. What is there to do with that theater? Talk to the band that we thought was really cool. That's a kind of a drip of a place. I do hope to play there in the future. Please, Lincoln Theater. <laughs> yeah, why I, are you disparaging the Lincoln when Theater? When we were there, uh, we played there when I was opening for Reliant mm-hmm. K. And I, again, would love to go back. Absolutely would love to go back. Stop listening if you're the Lincoln Theater. Privately, that was the worst green room of the whole tour. You were just hanging out there. The yeah. bathroom was like tiny. But imagine being 17, 18 years old and meeting a band that you think is really cool and being invited back to the green room. It didn't you know, sort of shatter the illusion seeing no, the drabby not, couches and stuff. Again, I do all. love the Lincoln theater and I had a great time at that show, despite the fact that the power went out for the top of my set. <laughs> that was actually one of the worst shows on tour, but I had a great time and would love to go back. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> with things like that, like I would just always make plans to not be home. And I would love for like Francis to be the house where like, you know, we know we can come home like, Oh yeah. Francis, like, Francis' parent will come get us and like we'll we'll go to the Black Bear Diner before we go home and you know get milkshakes and then like we can sleep in the next morning and like her mom will make us pancakes like I would mm-hmm. love that. Well, you just don't want. There's no relationship and especially one with your child that you want to be built on a bed of lies. Exactly. <laughs> like I know. you want you want the foundation to be good and I think the truest and most strong foundation in all relationships is honesty and the truth mm-hmm. and once that is broken and a lot of times it's the the kid that breaks it yeah. because they don't want to get in trouble but that's not then the kid's fault it's actually the parents for creating that environment by which the child would feel like they need to lie yes and like my parents and I are close now but like the toughest time in our relationship was like high school when we were constantly at odds with each other of like them, you know, being, you can't stay out past 11. You can't do this. You can't do that. Like you can't wear flip flops. I mean, by high school, I don't think they cared that much what I did. This was like an elementary middle that they cared about the flip flops, but things like that just create such a divide between Mm. the parent and kid because it's like at a young age, I had the mentality because I was like, I have to wear rainbow shoes to fit in And so I was like, I have to lie to my parents, basically, Mm. you know, and that is not true. Like that was sort of a false dichotomy that I gave myself. But like at the same time, it it just it was true to you at that time in your life. And it's like such a wedge between the kid and the parent when the kid feels like, okay, my parents boundaries are not reasonable and so I have to get around them somehow like I don't want Francis to feel like that so with all of that said as like kind of our mentality I guess should we get into like specific questions what of like ifs? well okay one that pe- people have asked is like what if because 
you know, especially with Grace having tattoos, mm-hmm. what if Francis wants, what if Francis is like 15 and it was like 15? Well, we talked about this and she's like, please, can I get a tattoo? Not at 15. Yeah. I think that if she wants to get a tattoo when she's 18, when she's, I, this is the other thing too. I am not, I didn't make up the rules in this country. I didn't make up the laws. I disagree with all, almost all of them. Do you disagree with it being illegal to get a tattoo under 18? Okay, well, this is what I think. I think that if Francis, touche, my love. I think that if Francis wants to get a tattoo, I'm fully supportive of her getting that. But I also want her to be fully as informed as she can be before she gets her first tattoo. What I would share with her is that the first tattoos that I got, like the very first ones I got, are my least favorite experiences about getting a tattoo. They're also not the best artwork that I've gotten. They're the most painful. And when I became more informed, I love the tattoos I have. And I have an artist and a few artists that I've met through tour and through being in LA. Um, You can listen to the episode featuring Josh, who's done my most prominent work that I just adore. And I want her to have a positive experience with tattooing. So if she wants to get a tattoo, I just would want to have a really informed conversation with her. And I don't want to break any rules. Like, I just don't like it's, I, that's the thing with drinking. I think like, uh, drinking, this is the, the rhyme I've come up with. It's a children's book for high schoolers. Drinking is not to be feared or revered. It can be dangerous. It can be fun. It's always illegal until you're 21 because that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I feel like the underage drinking question is like still a big question mark for me. And I, honestly don't want to like commit to anything at this stage all i know is that okay this is actually what i'll say i feel like the adults in my life conflated the morality of drinking underage with the legality and i remember as a kid feeling well kid being like high schooler feeling like you know this is so unfair and ridiculous like it's not wrong to drink like I see all the adults in my life doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, drinking may not be the right choice for you, but I, as a kid, could see like lots of adults in my life drink. It can't be morally wrong. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, like the they them acting like the morality and the legality are the same is disingenuous. So I should just disregard both. Like I should do whatever I want. And I feel like I want to separate the morality and the legality, which I feel like is what your rhyme is kind of getting at. Um, for Francis just to be like, cause I think if, I think for me, my logic was like, because I can, I don't think that it's morally wrong to drink. Like I see adults doing it all the time. Therefore I shouldn't listen to whether it's illegal or not. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I got really lucky that I never got like an underage drinking arrest or anything. Like I got really lucky Yeah, and it's a pain to say the least if you do get one. And so I just don't want her to do that. But I also don't think it's realistic necessarily. But maybe she doesn't care about alcohol at all. I also don't think she's going to grow up with a lot of drinking because we do not drink that much. Yeah. I think that we do on occasion. It's not something that is where we don't have a totally dry household. But we I think that like 
when you know when they go to the doctors like how many drinks would you say that you have per week like mm-hmm. we are well within the there are many weeks go by that we won't have drank at all yeah so i don't know i think we'll just cross that bridge when it comes to it but i agree that like i i would tell friends i'd be like i think it's a major bummer that you could have a beer with your friends and be like arrested and that go on your record do like it's so not worth it i know that's for, the thing i wish i wish that the drinking culture was more like in the country where I grew up. I wish that for you. Unfortunately, you you live in California and they are so weird. The, the Americans are weird about like sex and drinking and violence, the way that violence is okay for, you know, younger audiences, but like if you have a gay character on a show, like everyone clutches their pearls. Like it is so warped, but I didn't create that. Yeah. So that's we what we're just, working with. We're, it's what we're working with. And we want you to work against it in time. Join us in the fight. But, like, for what it is now, don't blow up your life because you have, like, some Moscato with your friends <laughs> in the park. Like, I remember when I got, like, a citation for drinking in the on the beach in Malibu. It's just not – it's so – it's dumb. But yours wasn't an underage drinking citation. It was just no. drinking on the beach. It was just drinking on the beach. And to be fair, we were being a little rowdy. And also to be mm-hmm. fair, to that officer's credit, I still have this citation in my wallet. I'll keep it forever because he wrote my gender down as male, despite the fact that at the time I had long hair and was in a bikini. <laughs> I just remember there was something euphoric about being misgendered so weirdly. Do you think he intentionally put down male? It's or- an M. He wrote, it's not like he checked a box. Yeah. He wrote an M oh between an F and an M. Do you think he thought God, that you I were, don't know. I, think I don't maybe know. an ally. Maybe he saw something in me I didn't I know. I don't know. I, I doubt that, but I have no, I can't, it's, I don't know what to make of that. I wish, I wish we did have like a Patreon or something just for this type of a story where I could show, I have a photo from the day that I got this citation, mm-hmm. like right before the officers came over mm-hmm. and it's a, uh, it's something. It's really something that he had a full conversation with me with like my makeup and my long hair, full purple bikini. And he was like, gotta be a dude or something. <laughs> He's like, there's something mask of center that is happening internally with that, with that person. Know. And I, and again, no, I, I love him for that. Wow. I, that's why I still keep it in my wallet. Cause I was like, that's the funniest gender confusing thing that I've, that's ever happened to me in that my whole life. really funny. Okay, so we've covered tattoo a little bit. Yeah. You would get a matching one with her, right? I would. I would get a matching one with her. I might get a tattoo for her. I just want to make sure that if she gets a tattoo, that she doesn't make the same mistakes that I did when I was first getting tattooed. But your mistakes also were not that big of a deal. They weren't that big of a deal. But I would just encourage her to just, you know, think about placement, think about sizing, think about what specifically you're getting, and think about who you're getting it from. Because... yeah. I got some artwork from a, an unsavory tattoo person. And in the tattoo world, they would absolutely clown me if they knew who gave me my first tattoos. But I didn't know anything. Well, also, he hadn't been, like, exposed no. the way he has now. Yeah, but the vibe was bad. I, yeah. I remember being like, he's a weird guy. Or Princess might grow up and want to be like me with no tattoos. That's true. So we'll see. Um, another question was, would we let, what age would we let her get her ears pierced? I've talked to a couple people about that. Some people get their baby's ears pierced, which is like always so shocking to me because that's just like the culture I grew up in isn't you don't do that. But I see it actually a lot. Um, So I don't have any strong opinions except that I'm not doing I'm not piercing her ears Mm -hmm. um, as a baby. 
But I don't have any strong opinions beyond that. Like, as soon as she can kind of say, like, I want my ears pierced, Mm -hmm. then I would let her. I think a guiding factor for Frances is how she meets the world. I really want her to feel like she has agency over that at a young age. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a certain outfit that she, we just notice that she's gravitating towards. Yeah. We're going to make sure that that's in the wash regularly, that we're keeping that up to date for you. If that's something that you love to wear, if there, if we, you know, try something on with her and she hates it and we notice it's like, maybe we try one more day to see if it's like a pattern or if it was just Mm -hmm. a bad day, then we're never going to force it. Yeah. And I want her to develop a personal sense of style because for me, that has been just confidence inducing. I love it so much and I want it for her to have a sense of like what she likes, what she doesn't like, the colors that she likes, Mm -hmm. the type of um, shoes that she likes to wear, whatever it is. So if she wants to get get her ears pierced, I will be excited for it. What if she wants like one ear pierced or something? I'm like, yeah, go off. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. Um, I was not allowed to get my ears pierced until I was 13 and I really wanted it earlier. And so I'm, what if she wants like a mohawk or like a, think, like a crazy haircut? I'm fine with it. I just don't think I would want to get into a habit of like her getting her hair dyed professionally like every I think it yeah. is it damages your hair when you're so young. I mean, hair it's just hair though. It will grow. Mm-hmm. But I would kind of be like, you know what? You can do what you want to do. Yeah. Am I going to take you to a salon to get it like professionally colored at like age 10? Probably not. Yeah. Maybe like once. I don't yeah. know. Okay, what other strictness things? What about curfew? Do we have like what is I think that I think that curfew will be dependent on the occasion. Okay. That's what I, I don't want to have a fixed thing of like 11 p.m. I had a kid in my class who had very strict parents and he had like an 11 p.m. curfew on prom and he had to be back to like study the next day. And I just remember everyone was kind of in disbelief because I think he ended up winning. He might have been prom king. Whoa. Yeah. Um. And and it was just very weird that it was like, and now he's got to go because he has his parents. And then, he, you know, he went. He went bananas in college, from what I heard. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really happens. keep in touch, but like he went, he really partied in college, and I remember like, come on, it's prom. Let oh, my parents, out. my parents would have been that way, but I never would stay at home after a school dance. I would always arrange to sleep over at someone's house because my parents right. would be the same way. I would say if if you're going over to like watch a movie at your friend's place after school or you're having like a team dinner, if she's on a, a team or yeah. whatever, then I'd be like, yeah, let's let's get you home by a certain time if you're not spending the night yeah. out. But if you are spending the night out and it's like a dance or I don't know, maybe they want to go see a midnight movie premiere or something, yeah. then I would just say... I, I don't know that I would have a specific curfew as much as I would be like, please communicate yeah. when you're coming home. And I think also this is fun to do this because Fran is now awake. And so she's kind of looking at us while we're talking about. <laughs> We've decided you're not really going to have a curfew if you're going to like a midnight premiere. But we don't know if movies will exist when you're older. Yeah, we're going to play it by ear and do it on a case by case basis. What do you think about Franny. sleepovers? Is she allowed to have sleepovers? Okay, That's we been some TikTok discourse. I've seen so many people saying that like, you know, there are no sleepover okay. household and they don't want to do sleepovers. And I am <sighs> so torn about what I think about this. Before I had seen people talking about it, it would have never occurred to me. And that's because I was very lucky that I had great experiences with sleepovers growing up. I loved, I mean, as 
I have mentioned on this episode, sleepovers were like my way of doing fun stuff because my parents wouldn't let me do anything. And like I had such an early curfew, but even like in elementary school, when we obviously weren't going out, I loved sleepovers. Like I'm still best friends with people that I had sleepovers with in elementary. And I just thought like, it's just so fun. And I'm such a homebody that a sleepover is kind of ideal because it's like all about hanging out at home and watching a movie maybe and like having a fun dinner and getting cozy and having, you know, spending the night. And I would be sad. I know, I don't know. I'm sure people listening like have both opinions, whether sleepovers are okay. If you're wondering like why this is even a question, people have basically said that like, sleepovers can be really dangerous because you just don't know like what you're dealing with what if there's a family member in the home that you don't know who like abuses the kids and you don't know about it what if they have guns in the house just like a lot of questions and I think basically where my takeaway is like there needs to be more communication and less sort of like willy-nilliness in terms of letting like my parents, weirdly as strict as they were, they were like really chill with me, like sleeping over at like a new friend's house. Like they would kind of just be like, sure, whatever. Like they let me have sleepovers anytime, anywhere. And I, even though luckily I had great experiences, I think there should have been more questions about like, do you have any guns in the house? How are they stored? I honestly don't know if I would want her to stay over with someone that had guns in the house, regardless of how they're stored. And that's not even a commentary on my feelings on like gun rights. So I'm not trying to get into all of that, but it just would scare me to death. Yeah. I think that the threshold for sleepovers would just be um, pretty high for me, but I'm not anti sleepover. I think that the people that I would have a sleepover with as I got older, it was like kind of the usual suspects. Right. And it was people that and I and I don't I don't say this to diminish some of the people who've been sharing their experiences on TikTok because I know actually a lot of this is very similar but it is like um it was a, probably like five people that maybe whose homes I would sleep over at and it was mm-hmm. friends from sports and it was people who uh, this none of this is sounding any better of just like friends that I'd known since I was seven years old and whatnot. So I do, I understand that like monsters hide in plain sight. I'm very fortunate that that was not my experience, but I think that if possible with Francis, I will try to, we will try to replicate just having some trusted homes yeah, and also being that trusted home. Right. I think that's like, I know it might not be as fun for her, but we do have a projector and I don't know. I, I I like to think that if someone is a good friend to Francis and loves her and cares about her, then I would love to make them a meal at our place and have, you know, order pizza for her friends and have them watch a movie on the projector. And I don't know. Yeah. I've, I it's, I'm not a anti sleepover person, but I agree that we need to be cautious. Yeah. I think- and I, and I ag- appreciate people sharing their stories. Same exact thought for me. And I I do, when I hear about things that can happen and do happen, I'm like, whoa, I guess I got really lucky that I nothing ever happened like that to me. But I think my parents, as much as I'm like kind of complaining about their strictness, they actually could have been a lot more strict and discerning on that front. Even though it was fine, mm-hmm. I want to be a little more careful than they were on that front. 
and ask a lot of questions and know the people. And one thing I've heard of like a solution is doing like a late over is what they call it, where it's like, okay, the kids are going to like stay till 10, 30 or 11 and, you know, we'll watch a movie and they'll like get in their pajamas even and get like really sleepy. And then the parents will come and pick them up late and then they're already in their pajamas, like ready for bed. They can just go to bed right when they get home. And I like that idea, especially if there's like, let's say a friend of hers is like, we are a no sleepover household. We'll be like, great. We'll complete. Obviously, respect that. We're not going to be like she can't play. She will be sleeping. She will sleep over. <laughs> you want to let Francis sleep? You will there. not pick up your kids from our house. <laughs> I, I just mean we'll respect it in the sense that we're not going to be like you're weird and like she can't be friends at all. I think I would be like, let's do like late night movie night. I think that'd be really fun and kind of have a most of the same magic of a sleepover and or like for the first few times, like if she's. Like, I just met a new friend at school, like, this week, can I have a sleepover? Maybe doing, like, the late over thing a few times before going to sleepover and, like, getting to know them more. What do you think your policy is going to be on movies and media, music, foul language? That is a really good question because I was, like, not allowed. I was in high school and my parents were, like, weird about me watching PG-13 movies. And when I was in law school... I saw an R-rated movie, and my dad told me he was disappointed that I had seen it. It was Wolf of Wall Street, for those wondering. Wasn't he disappointed because you brought your sister, who was like he, 17? Well, okay, yes. He said that he was disappointed that we had brought my sister, but he was he, he then was like, and I'm disappointed that any of you would even want to see that trash, that kind of thing. What? About yes. Wolf of Wall Street? Yes, because it was like very scandalous at the time that it was like a really racy movie, I guess. I guess it was, but... Anyway, I, I, I kind of just want to let her lead a little bit on that. Like I, because I do actually think kids don't want to be like overwhelmed by something they're seeing. Like I want to go at her speed. I'm sure there are parents that are like, ha ha, like good luck. Like what you're saying is way too wishy-washy. And I realize that, but my daughter is also two months old, so I have time to figure it out. But I think like seeing what is fun for her and okay for her like I've heard some parents talking about like oh yeah I really want to show my daughter hocus pocus but like she's still too scared and like you know we need to work up her confidence a little bit to watch something because she says it's too scary for her Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay like if hocus pocus is too scary for her that's fine I'm not going to be like you have to watch it and I want to just like slowly ease in to but I don't want to go so strictly by the ratings because I feel like certain topics are going to be good to discuss you yeah. know, like, but I don't think I would show my child like an R-rated movie because I think m- most like until they're maybe high school, because mm-hmm. I feel like most R-rated movies actually are R-rated for something beyond just like language. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's violence, I remember going to see like, oh, I remember in high school going to see Tristan and Isolde. Do you remember that movie? Absolutely. And it was so violent that I was actually I like, remember really it was disturbed. Violent. It was yes. violent? I felt like it was really violent and I didn't see a lot of like violent movies as a kid and I do get really like upset by it still. I also, as I've talked about on this podcast, hate anything depicting drug use, like hard drug use and I can't watch it and it's like very upsetting to me. So I feel like let her lead. Like as a kid, I would have been like, oh, I'm a little like freaked out by that. I don't really want to see like, you know hard drugs or violence like those are the main things but parents are obsessed with the sex part of it that's what they're like you can't see that 
Oh, yeah. And so I would rather, I mean, it's kind of awkward to watch like intense sex scenes with your child. So I don't know how I'll feel about that, but I'd rather have like a conversation about things. But I feel like the violence is the part that like sticks with you and kind of like rattles your brain more. So Mm -hmm. I want to be careful about showing her anything that's like very upsetting. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I definitely don't think that just having like a rating is yeah is a reason to write anything off. And I think seeing what type of a kid she is, I think the same with with music. I really am not going to be like a kid's bop. I already you already know that I'm not. And I think that she can listen to music that some parents might think is more mature. Um, and we can talk about it. Yeah, I think music is very different in terms of, like, how it affects your brain than visual material in terms of, like, something being too adult. With music, it's like, okay, you hear a certain word, especially because music can absolutely deal with some, like, intense themes, but I almost feel like you don't process it as a kid because you just kind of hear the melody and the beat. You don't realize what it is until you're older. And yeah. Then, then there's certain songs will be like, oh my gosh, you're like, Wait, that's this what is... that was about. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I sort of, I'm going to be a bit more lenient, I think, on just giving music the benefit of the doubt. And I mm-hmm. think that like, I don't want to, I yeah, I just trust that we'll be able to talk about things. I just, I remember how it was when I was only allowed to listen to types of certain types of music. And I want her to really feel like, you know, she can explore whatever sounds good to her. Like whatever is making, is exciting for her, whatever sounds cool and whatever sounds she's gravitating towards. And if the lyrics are um, complicated, then I just trust that there's nothing that we wouldn't be able to talk about. I agree. You can listen to Nirvana. (laughs) That's what we're we're getting at. Although I guess like, well, I don't know. I don't. I was gonna say, I think about the songs that would have been like inappropriate for kids in our day, and they're like not. They're really not that bad. That's how it always goes. But that's though. how it goes because now I think about like songs that are coming out now feel a lot more explicit sometimes than songs that were coming out when we were kids. But like, it's all about cultural context. Yeah, think about like the Beatles, like "Shake It Out, Baby," now twist and shout. Like that was like very. That was crazy. They're like, what? Yeah. Wait, why? They're just but, like you're. They're talking about like women moving their bodies. Oh. I think also it was about orgasms. Okay, but I don't know that. I just think of the um, the new True Detective season that was so bad. What was what what was is that from True Detective? Yeah, remember oh, that's why it's probably top of my mind. Twist and Shout is played repeatedly in the new season of True Detective mm-hmm. with Jodie Foster, which mm-hmm. I really wanted to be good. We were rooting for you, Jodie, but. It was not good. But if you liked it and you're listening, and I'm happy for you. not really queer content. Shockingly It should have been so much content. more queer content. There was snippets of You would of, really think that there would be some. There, there was snippets of it, but nothing to really write home about. Yeah. Nothing to seek your teeth into. Well, we hope that you have sunk your teeth into this episode. <laughs> Whether we're going oh, to be man. strict parents. I don't know. Let Francis, us know in the comments section below. Yay or nay, good parents. I... Don't want to be too strict, but we hope that it's been. We hope that we've been doing okay, Francis. If yeah. you happen to be listening to this, 
We hope that we have not been your wardens and just two people who love you very much that are figuring it out we as we go. We just all have fun. We have a lot of fun and you can always invite your friends to come on by and Lizzie will make them food and I'll just bring some good vibes. Great. And I'll play them Nirvana. Nice. And with that being said, we'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Oh my gosh, this was almost an hour long. Wow. The podcast that we call Under Under Our Roof. Roof. I love you.